Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom, and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Noam Rauscher, and I'm a rabbi in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today we continue our conversation on Masechet Yevamot with page 18. This page continues our discussion of the Zika bond present in multiple scenarios and relationships. If you recall, we spoke about this on the previous page. The dialogue in our Gemara helps to clarify that while Zika might entitle a brother to Yibum based on his inherent marital right, it also removes consent and opportunity from the woman. She must have a choice in the matter, and she must be asked and be cognizant of his actions. Thinking there is a Zika as a natural entitlement to the hand of the widow means that Yibum happens automatically. But as the Gemara points out, if he dies as well, this could present problems for co-wives in the future. As we continue on page 18, we encounter a new Mishnah entirely. This one, though, mimics somewhat the one provided on page 17a, but with one alteration at the end. It offers a dissent to say Levi, the third non-contemporary brother, may take either wife of Ruvain and Shimon, both of his older brothers who passed away, whichever he desires, and perform Yibum or Chalitza with her. It is within this scenario that the rabbis clarify that a woman bound to a man in Zikah is considered like his full-fledged wife, which means that he can offer Yibum or Chalitza whenever he wants, and that he has some form of ownership rights over her even without a ketubah. Yet he still must formalize the relationship with Yibum anyway. My own personal reaction is to read this text as informative but also disturbing. Even in a context of widowhood and imposed marriage as a reaction to death, while there is a choice, there is also no emotion. It's not really surprising that the rabbis are legalistic in their discussion over Jewish law in a code of Jewish law. But far too often, there is a tendency to favor accuracy in the law over consideration for the human being. It is assumed that any woman who might be in a position to accept or reject Yibum would have already gone through her mourning process for her husband. And yet, nobody seems to really be concerned about that in the process of our Gemara when we talk about it. I recall several examples from the Torah which mention explicitly the emotional state we find ourselves in after a loss. Perhaps this is, in part, due to the fact that this entire idea of Yibum is based on the biblical story of Judah, Jacob's son, and his own three sons. Tamar is married to Judah's eldest, Er. But when he mysteriously dies, she is offered Onan, Judah's second son. After he dies as well, Tamar is left to contemplate her life. It's a sad story with more than one twist, but it's also lacking in any form of human compassion as well. Tamar's husband dies, and there is no weeping or consoling from her father-in-law or mourning for her dead. Rather, let's just get her married off, and let's have her produce children to continue our genealogy. It's, it is typical of law to search for the best way to make restitution for a loss, but here one thing, one thing seems to be lacking, restoring the soul. Shalom. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently 
and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.